This is Infinity Rewatch, and I know a certain person named Ryan J. Marvel who cannot wait to talk about Black Adam today. <laughs> uh, yes, I, I would love to talk about it in the sense that, you know, we already have the whole movie. You know, like, let's just, let's just review it now because we don't have to review it when it comes up. Ryan, give me give me one theory for Black Adam that does not include anything The Rock has already foolishly given away to the press. <laughs> oh, I don't know. He's going to fight Superman, perhaps? <laughs> I love how you turned into a Minnesotan to give that theory. <laughs> oh, I don't know about no Superman, oh, you know. <laughs> oh, I don't know. It seems like he's going to fight some big muscular guy who can fly. <laughs> Can you please do the rest of the show like that? No, <laughs> I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna let that fantasy play out at all. Oh <laughs> uh, well, we we all know that Ryan's gonna be their opening night for Black Adam. So if you want to meet him in person, you come on down to Mississauga, Ontario. You find the Black Adam opening screening, and you just wander the aisles, and he will be in that theater, <laughs> and he won't leave. He will watch it all day from matinee to midnight. Uh, I'm Andrew Fantasia. You won't find me there opening day, but you know what opening night you will find me on, Ryan? Tomorrow, what? I got my Halloween Ends ticket, and I'm excited. I'm going to a packed screening for Halloween Ends, because it deserves it. What is Halloween Ends? It is the final installment of the Halloween Legacy sequel trilogy. Oh, mm. yes, yes, yes. Good old Michael Myers there. Um, yeah, no, that's awesome, man. I mean, that should be really exciting. I mean, that's definitely Isabella's neighborhood. She loves the Halloween stuff, loves the horror. Well, don't turn around because Michael Myers is right behind you. I don't want to freak you out. Just pretend he's not there. Pretend he's not there. Yeah. I can't remember who said this, but it's like, you know, half the battles in like horror movies is you just continue sleeping. Like, I'm sure if you just continue like not paying attention, like, I don't think the murderer is really going to get you because they really want you to turn and scream and be like, oh, and like, you know, but the but if you just keep on not paying attention to them, they'll be like, hey, hey, look at me. Give me attention. I I, I would agree for the most part. Yeah, I would agree for the most part, but Freddy Krueger will get you in your sleep. And That's true. If Halloween 2 taught me anything, it's that uh, Myers stabs what he thinks is Laurie Strode and it ends up being just a pile of pillows. Spoilers. So he wasn't waiting for no turnaround. Myers is... That's true. But he's slow. He doesn't he, run. He is very slow. He's slowly lifting the knife behind you as we speak. I say by the end of the podcast, you'll still have a little bit of a chance to get away. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I'm I'm pretty quick on my my feet, but yeah, uh, you're a but but you know when it comes to Mike Myers, you know, and he, if he were to attack me, you know, he wouldn't like me when I'm angry. So, <laughs> which cues us to the wonderful finale that was the She-Hulk finale, full circle. Uh, and you know, I have to say that was one of the best kickoffs of an episode to this day. Yeah, uh, so uh, the are you talking about the the seventies kickoff the the uh, the opening thing? That was so fun. That and was so fun. I am such a fan of seventies television that I want a whole season where She Hulk gets that treatment. Like that is the entire show is just a seventies uh, treatment of She Hulk 
complete with the music, complete with that that wonderful awkward uh, moment where she's just standing there posing next to Bruce, and she says, "You won't like me when I'm angry, or you will like me when I'm angry, or something." She says her line, yeah. her angry line, and there's just they linger on them for a bit too long, and Bruce is just awkwardly looking for a place to turn his head. <laughs> like, they nailed yeah. not since that moment in Spider-Man: Homecoming where the dude who's with Betty Brant is like, you want to go to dance? She's like, no. And he goes, okay. And he just slowly turns towards the camera. Not since that moment have we had a more perfect representation of awkward on-camera behavior in the MCU. I mean, clearly, if they want to learn how that works, they can just watch me on this show. But they, they don't need to because they've been watching the 70s. They've been watching high school kids doing their video announcements, and they nail it. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I love I love the first skit where she's like, don't make me angry. You would have liked me when I'm angry. Like, just that whole sequence. And it's funny, too, because there's a lot of layers of genius in this. First of all, the machine that she uses is the Edward Norton machine that turns Edward Norton uh, Hulk into the Hulk. So, really? yeah, it's the same chair that, you know, points up and uh, so get the little cool. target reticle on him. Uh, and the, obviously the transformation into the more muscular actor, that's, uh, definitely the call it to Luke Ferrigno. Yeah. Uh, but fun fact, they did try a real life She-Hulk show. Uh, there was a pilot, there was a pilot that was made and, uh, they did the same thing. So there's a lot of layers of like, you know, classic themes there. And yeah, I couldn't agree more. Like, but what's funny is, I mean, this is one of those things where it was lovely that they did it. I think they gave you just enough to appreciate it. And like, yeah, of course, you know, maybe like you said, you would like a season like that. But truth be told, it was just fun. It was just fun enough as it was, right? Like it was just really fun. And I, yeah, I love that. She's like, uh, I love how 70s was. She's like, don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me. And you're right. Like Brander just says this, this whole like, you know, like that kind of thing. <laughs> So it was really cool. And then I love that it was a dream sequence. Uh, and of course, it was very clever. I got to say, like, when Marvel flexes their comedy, they they really can hit it home really well. Yes, they can. And that, the whole thing about uh, the aspect of how, because it would be a 70s show and CGI doesn't exist, they would get a larger, more muscular actor to play She-Hulk. It reminded me of something that, perfectly wraps up on what you just said about how their comedy is always on point about how like however long ago it was before we knew Tatiana was going to be uh, Jen a lot of people were standing on the hill waving the flag of Gina Carano and saying she would make a perfect She-Hulk and while I you know okay that's the controversy notwithstanding right <laughs> um, yeah. obviously let's just get that out of the way controversy notwithstanding looking at Gina Carano she looks like She-Hulk a thousand percent. I you just slap green paint on her and that's She-Hulk. However, ever since the first episode of the show aired, it became really apparent there's no way, knowing how what we know about her acting chops, there's no way Gina Carano could have pulled off the humor that this show needed. She just doesn't have that. That's not part of her repertoire. We saw that in Mandalorian. It's she's got a very limited range. Um so I I think that that this 70s thing reinforced that idea of like imagine if we had to live in that world where we needed a bodybuilder to play she-hulk but the bodybuilder couldn't really act because they were just a bodybuilder and we get these two very different performances and how awful that would be and what a weird taste that would leave in our mouths so the the fact that this was a comedy show 
I'm so glad it came out at a time where we didn't have to worry about that problem. And we can have somebody as talented as Miss Maslani yeah. giving us all she's got, whether she's Jen or whether she's green. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, first of all, going back to the casting announcement that that was finding out that Tatiana Maslani was going to play uh, She-Hulk, uh, Jennifer Walters. Um, you know, it, I, as much as I agree with you visually, like Gina Carano, you know, <laughs> controversy notwithstanding, uh, but like she would have been a good choice. Yes. But she, you're right. Like when you look at She-Hulk, the comics and this, I think this was Marvel's biggest challenge was when you look at She-Hulk, the comics, you know, she, comedy is embedded within the comic run through and through. And she's an, she's a fun character to watch. Um, but to be fair, like if you look at her ensemble stuff, she, it's only later that they really kind of figure her out. But like earlier on, if you look at her early Avenger stuff, she has some moments, but like there's still some weird stuff going on there. Um so yeah, it you know, really Tatiana, one thing I love is like for someone who did who for someone whose career is known for like Orphan Black, which she's you know, doesn't do a lot of ensemble moments because it's really just like her dealing with herself. She crushed this. Like th there's not one scene with another partner where she doesn't she doesn't like the part like both of them equally are not stealing the show. Like each one is right. one upping each other, but there it ends in a tie because like she just <laughs> sets this she sets this tone that's so fun, and it really kind of makes all the characters fit into place with their humor so well. Like I was worried about Emil Blonsky and and the humor they started using with him, but every scene that he has with Tatiana, it's perfect. It's so fun. That's a great point that I didn't even think of, man. Because it's like I. I have, uh, I've never read a She-Hulk comic, I wish I had, but I've read a bunch of Deadpool comics and they are very similar. So I'm gonna use them yeah. as an example here. There was the run in Deadpool that I read, um, in the last like 10 issues, every issue was him teaming up with another character. And by teaming up, I mean, usually they fought because Deadpool's kind of a jerk to them and they don't like him, whatever. But it was always him interacting with another character. And like the characters that we got in that run were like Daredevil, Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, Brother Voodoo, yeah. I think Kazar and Zabu were in there. So it was a big mix of characters. And what ended up happening every time is because Daredevil's so wacky and out there, is he overshadowed everybody. And he made all those other characters come across as just like a bland stick in the mud. Even Spider-Man. And like, you have to try to make Spider-Man come across as bland. But when he's there talking with Deadpool, he became like this weird little Boy Scout who's like, Oh no, there's trouble on that bridge. Wow, you sure are a crazy man, Deadpool. And like it, <laughs> it, it became too much of like, we need this person to be the straight man because Deadpool never can be. But then along comes this show. And like you said, Jennifer is a crazy, wild, out there character because that's what she is. She's never going to be the straight woman in a situation. But she keeps getting paired up with all these wacky characters like Madison, like Abomination. Uh, and there's always that that give and take. Uh, you never feel like one is being overshadowed by the other. You never feel like one is more boring than the other. It just becomes mm -hmm. this beautiful thing, especially like just her chemistry with her friend, her wacky friend, whose name I keep forgetting. I just know Ginger Gonzaga, the actress who played this. So Nikki? Nikki, thank you. So Jen and Nikki, like you never feel like Nikki is the boring sidekick 
And you also never feel like Nikki is the wacky friend and Jen is the boring straight-laced main character. It always finds a wonderful balance, which is real hard to do. And I never even thought of it until you just brought that up. Yeah, absolutely. And and so it's 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 really fun to see. And uh, of course, I was there's a lot going on in in this show actually. To be if you really break down, um, if you really break down She Hulk's story in this, there's a lot of stories going on. There is like you have her, you know, we have the original Hulk, the cousin story. Then we have uh, Titania's story, and then we have, or sorry, Titania's story. And uh, Titania is a whole other character, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then you have, uh, then you have the 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 client story, the rich client guy, uh, whose name escapes me. And then you have the Donnie Blaze. Then you have, um, then you have Wong story. Then, then you have Mallory's story. Then you have Leapfrog story. You have Luke Jacobson's story. You have Daredevil story, and um, and you have uh, Mil Blonsky. So you're you got so, and then you have her family on top yes. of that. There's so much going on in She Hulk's story here, and and it's like you said, the funny thing about the show that she keeps reminding you, it's her show, mm-hmm. and and so that's the beauty of this episode is really like. You realize, boom, we're at the finale, and uh, you know, boom, you're looking for this kind of thing because <laughs> what's funny about it is like, as you kind of jump into it, you're like, man, this is the finale, yet there's still so much going on, and and we got this intel- intelligentsia story. So the last episode left us on such a cliffhanger that could have, I feel like, I feel like they could have done two more episodes because you had damage control essentially pick her up Mm -hmm. uh and then she's already thrown in arrested she makes a plea bargain uh or sorry mallory gets her a plea uh plea bargain and they give her the the gamma suppression thing and first of all i thought banner was the only one that made them so where did that come from and i'm like oh i guess banner's coming back and technically he did but not till later on (laughs) and uh and and yeah like I guess like again it's her story so they kept it they just kept the momentum going. So so then we get into discovering intelligentsia and who the Hulk king is. And I was all over the place but I knew I knew deep down I knew. I knew it was going to be a character we've seen and not a character we haven't gotten yet because Loki has still been the only one that's going to drop like a new villain uh on such a scale that that we're not going to see something like that for a while. Right, like in the and the, the kingpin thing too, like and yeah. that, especially with kingpin, that was kind of a weaker choice because it's like, oh man, you've made us wait till the last episode, and now we only have like one forty-minute chunk of story left with this guy. So I'm glad it was, as you said, somebody that we've seen before running intelligence. Yeah, and it makes sense that it's that dude. Uh, that's, that's the same dude. Guy. Who has the Wakanda spear, right? That's the same guy. Yeah, yeah. Of course it is. Of course it's him. Um, and you're right. There's it. The last cliffhanger did feel like there could have been two more episodes, and it almost does feel like there was a trial of She-Hulk that we didn't get to see. Like obviously the plea bargain happened, and Mallory got her off the hook. Uh, 
but like when I saw that runtime for the finale that it was like less than 40, I'm like, oh shit, they're going to get this all wrapped up in less than 40. So she got out of that prison situation real fast. Uh, and thankfully it got us into the meat of the story. But yeah, it feels like there's a trial in there that we didn't get to see. Well, because um, the beginning starts so strong because the beginning, the first episode in my mind is still like probably one of the best kickoffs for a character. Like, cause she, she like she Hulk got an amazing first episode. Like, and mm-hmm. not to say that it got worse as time progressed, it got better. And it, got, it just, you wanted to see more. Like you just want to keep seeing more. And, and it is scary when you get to a point where you got to start wrapping it up. Like, you know, yeah. like you're, you're vibing, you got all this content going and then they're just like, Oh, wrap it up. Uh, and then you're like, okay, Oh my God. Blah, 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 right. Like, that's kind of what it feels like. And so, yeah, it, it was just weird. But, like, in the end, I I still don't hate any of the episodes at all. No, me neither. I don't think there's a bad one in the bunch. Um, I, I wanted to ask your, um, your, not opinion, but I wanted to ask you what you thought of this. There was a warning, Ryan, a viewer discretion warning, you know, that comes up before the episode starts. And I happened to notice it because it was different and it stood out. And I couldn't find where in the episode this happened. So maybe you can think of it. The warning was intensely suggestive dialogue. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but I want to. No. Uh, where was that? Yeah, where was that? Um, intensely suggestive dialogue. Oh, that was the scene where they, they infiltrate Intelligentsia. Because there is some very opinionated people in that. Oh, okay. Defense. So that's time. that's where they're that's what they're trying to protect themselves from. Okay. Um, which is, you know, I mean, what I what I found was good about it. First of all, what I like, I like what they've done with villains in this story. You you addressed it last time, you know, when you talked about how well they've written these entitled characters, like entitled villains, and it's fun to watch. But it's true. Like it, it's it's this is not something new, but it's for the Marvel world. It's it's fun to see these kind of characters be so represented in such a way. And and it's and of course now it just gives you all that more motivation for wanting like She Hulk to just go in and just you know She Hulk smash the place. Um, but yeah, no, it was really it was really that was really cool to do that. And the intelligentsia thing was smart. I, again, I think. Which is funny because it is a comic book thing. The intelligentsia is a comic book thing, and like Ooh, you know, know. Modok's a part of it. Leader's a part of it. Um, so there's a lot of big characters in it. But of course, it had to be Todd. I think his name is. Um, and uh, yeah, I, like I I have to say, everyone on the internet is talking about this, but it's so She-Hulk. I love it so much. Where she literally breaks the fourth wall in the most visual way um by by going to the disney app where you know i'm not gonna lie i had a little moment where i'm like did i push the back button like on my remote to like go back to disney plus because i'm like i didn't mean to do that and uh and then she like narrates through it and kicks the the panels and jumps into uh the uh the marvel assembled thing that was that was fantastic now that if anything is proof that Kevin Feige listens to our show. You know, <laughs> you know why, Ryan? Do you remember why? Because yeah. 
Because remember way, I don't know when this was. This must have been at least a year ago. We had an episode um, talking about, um, I think, just characters we wanted to see in the MCU. Yeah. I remember we recorded it at your apartment. And one of the ones on my list was Mojo. And I brought up when I was talking about Mojo, I was like, imagine the fourth wall breaking he could do in a Disney Plus show because he's all about the TV where we could see him change your dashboard and like pop out of things. Oh, yes, yes. And lo and behold, the moral of the story is where are my royalties, Marvel? That's the (laughs) moral of the story. Absolutely. It it, it was fun. It was it was so good. It almost felt like a roller coaster, like the 3D roller coaster rides where the characters jump out of the screen and like pick something. Yeah. But it was so cool. And you know what? To me, that cemented the moment where I'm like, this is a She-Hulk show. And yes. talking about adaptations, like everyone's still talking about how She-Hulk did this, this ending. And I before any any marvel fan that has read she hulk comics if they have any problem with this this is as true as an adaptation as you're gonna get you're Mm -hmm. not gonna get any close the fact that she broke the disney plus screen jumped in went to the marvel office and went to kevin feige that is she hulk that is what she does in fact as she goes to the door where it's the she hulk show and there's a little QR code. If you scan that QR code, they pull uh, the uh, Sensational She-Hulk episode, uh, issue 50. And you can actually, uh, I'm showing it on screen here. You actually get the comic where she breaks the fourth wall. And oh she actually God. argues with the writing team. She's wearing a leather jacket and she looks great, man. Yeah. This is awesome. Oh, yeah. No, this this is some great art here. Her, um, her outfits in this comic are a million times better than what Lucas designed. That guy ever, is full of himself. He is. He is. But, okay, I even have the – I think I have one of the parts here. Here, like right here. She's actually uh, – there. She actually <laughs> is talking to, like, the writers and, like, and like of the comic and everything and, and how she has a problem with it. That is wonderful. So yeah. – so yeah, no. So first of all, Marvel, keep doing this comic book QR code drop because I love them so much. Uh, love, I love you know getting those little comic nods there. But I love, and then the the whole worshiping Kevin thing, like it was such a good. Like what makes it funny is it's it's not. That's what the beauty of this is. It's not She Hulk versus uh, Titania or Emil Blonsky. It's She Hulk versus trolls. That's yes. what this whole thing comes down to, and it's brilliant. This show has been so good at pointing at the the real world types of people that I believe to be douchebags, and just saying, "Hey, you, you're a douchebag. Stop being that way." And like, I mean, I've talked about it before: how we got magicians, how we got lawyers, how we got in, like Instagram people, and now you have a different type that we got here, which is, again, it's somebody who I'm like, oh, why are people like this? And I'm so glad She-Hulk kind of, even though it was a very small moment, she kind of put them in their place, which was that writer's room. Um, And the way they, like, the way people in the industry, if there is somebody who is very well-known and or very powerful, like a Kevin Feige, 
um, he becomes, he or she becomes this untouchable godlike force to the point where if somebody even says, I'd like to see or speak to XYZ, they just get laughed at. It's, you don't speak to Ke Kevin. Is, Kevin is Kevin. You don't speak to. So I love that, you know, that happened. And she Hulk just kind of looked at them with disgust and said, like, that is really unhealthy. <laughs> you are grossing me out. Tell me where the hell Kevin is before I kick your ass. Uh, I, I love that. That is another just group of people that I'm glad got taken down a notch by the show. And, and, and the other line I actually really love in this is not only the, the, your, your obsession with Kevin is unhealthy and mm -hmm. not, not only do I love that. Um, and she's also says, where is there a written rule that it has to be done that way? That was one of my yes. favorite lines uh, because it's such a beautiful call out to adaptations and how important it is to, to try something different and try to try to evolve the character because you know, I, I love that. It, I love that leading up to that moment, her story's like, she's like, what's going on? Like all these stories are coming together and, and uh, it's kind of all getting messy and stuff. And then she goes, talks to the writers and she's like, like, no, like it doesn't have to be that way. And I love that. And I love that line. Where's the unwritten rule that it has to, where's this unwritten rule that has to be done that way. And I, I love that. Oh, it's gorgeous. I think honestly, the, the villain I'm going to put that in huge air quotes. The villain of this show, the, the thing that She-Hulk is constantly smashing is, like you said, uh, trolling arguments. Uh, it is the art, like, first of all, she has destroyed the argument of um, I'm bored with Marvel and superhero genre in general because it always ends the same way. It's always the same thing. She destroyed that argument. Yep, completely knocked that one out. She has destroyed the argument of uh, we as Marvel fans should, you know, we're going to get upset if you don't give us exactly what we want. She destroyed that argument by saying sometimes, yeah, I I'm sure everybody would have loved to see Hulk fight Abomination again. And I'm sure they would have loved to see me fight Titania again. But just because it's what you want doesn't mean it's a the best idea or be good for me the main character because this is my story and my story is not about oh i really have to beat up titania and my cousin really has to beat up abomination again that's not that's never been what this is about it's been about me doing my thing and trying to live my life as this monster that i just become and that's what we got and it's, it's destroying all those pithy arguments that fans and non-fans have thrown out into the world, mostly the online world. Uh, and she's just kind of taken them and slapped them down and said, you know what? Y'all got to chill and you have to understand what art is because it seems like all of you, fans and non-fans alike, have forgotten. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And 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 I think that's why we said it best, man. Is like the villain here is not like She Hulk's actual comic book villains. It's it's literally trolls. And I love that. I love that. It is literally trolls. And 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 the whole Kevin sequence is like. <laughs> I actually I actually thought for a moment that we were actually going to get Kevin Feige and it was going to be a legit dialogue between them. But this this was way better. This was way better than anything I would have thought. And I love the acronym. It's like knowledge enhanced visual uh, immersion something, something. or other. Yeah, and, but like, oh, 
The that idea that good. all of the MCU comes from an AI too, it's like a nice little shot at itself. Like oh, they don't yeah. they don't introduce him as this like genius, whatever. They don't even go like take the low-hanging fruit route where he's a smart creator, but he's also completely egotistical. Like that's the route I thought they were gonna go. Like she would walk yeah. in and he would have like people fanning him and he'd be eating grapes and be like, oh she ho come in. Uh but yeah. they they went this totally unexpected um path and you get this robot. And I don't know if it looked like this in the show. I totally missed out on this in the actual show, but in the concept art that they showed in the credits, did you notice that it had like a visor over its cameras, the, yeah. the Kevin bot, that looked like the front of Kevin's cap? I was gonna I was gonna point that out. It looked like his little baseball cap. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's so funny. Uh, sorry, Cabbage is here, just wants to say hi. Hi, Cabbage. Hello. Cabbage, what did you think of She-Hulk? Oh, it was okay. Cabbage, what did you think of She-Hulk? It was all right, but I, I preferred uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier because at one point there was a dog in it. <laughs> no, I think he's coming in because he. Th I think because I'm in here, he thinks it's bedtime, but it's not. Oh. Uh, anyway, but yeah, so so in the end, like that's you know this is the other thing that we talked about earlier in our series. I feel like we're doing a lot of beautiful callouts to our wonderful podcast series that we do. Um, but the other interesting thing is how immersive this show makes gives the fans like a role to play. Like, you know, like you kind of either crusade with She-Hulk and she calls us all out for it uh -huh. and, and like being like either you support what we're doing or you don't um, or you don't support it and you're the villain in the story, which is like so genius in so many ways, shapes or in so many ways and shapes and forms. Um, and the other thing that I loved about the whole Kevin thing um, was like, yeah, she changes her narrative. Which is huge. That's like hugely empowering. Like you could not, you could not make that character more empowered because of that. You could like literally, it's not even like, it's not, what's funny, it's not even like good writing that saves her. It's not, you know, it's not like good performance that saves her. It's, it's literally the character changes the narrative of her own story. And that is huge bingo that's you couldn't have done a more she-hulk thing and exactly i, mean, I, yes. I don't want to i don't want to sound like i'm some kind of fake person because i just said earlier i have not read a she-hulk comic but i know enough about them that i know this is a very she-hulk thing to do and ending with with the fake ending that they were going for with abomination fighting hulk and titania busting in that's a very basic thing to do and she-hulk is not a basic person uh it almost felt like uh, you ever see the movie clue it felt like the ending of clue where you think you're getting one ending and then you're getting another and another well to me the only way i can relate to this or that the the relate to this moment and the only reference i can think of is like the never-ending story when you realize that you're a character in the story and it wasn't you're not following, you're, it's not about Atreyu getting to, you know, the queen or whatever. It's about Atreyu getting you to the queen so she could talk to you. That is epic. I've, uh, never, and, I've never seen the never ending story. 
Uh, oh no, I just spoiled the biggest thing. It's okay. I, I know he's got to get to the queen, and I know the queen's name is like that's all I know. <laughs> I can't remember her name. But no, but like the point is, is like the, the book, the book was quite the book was a big deal because the book, as you read it, because never ending story was a book. And as you read it and get to the end, you realize that they're trying to talk to you. And that's that's powerful storytelling. And for She-Hulk to be able to, you know, not have writers give her this epic story where she can, you know, do like super heroic things and make her feel empowered. No, she literally has to fight writers and change her story. That is huge. Yes, she's she's fighting. I saw somebody put it really eloquently today. Um, and I don't even know if they were talking about She-Hulk, but they were talking about online negativity regarding stuff like this, uh, where they said, uh, you know, 99%, 99.9% of the time, the person going online saying, I would do this because I know better than the writers. 99.9% of the time, that person does not know better than the writers. And he, <laughs> he laid it out in a way he goes, fans and critics, yes, you are smarter than the producers, but most of the time you are not smarter than the writers who got paid to do these things. Uh, it's, and I think yeah. that was a beautiful way to put it. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's a, ex exactly. And, and that scene's get like this, this thing's going to be talked about for a while is I'm, I'm sure I'm curious to hear the debates on both sides of like why they thought it was good. And more importantly, why do they think it was bad? Um, mm. But yeah, it was, oh man, it was just, it was just beautiful. I could And I love, I love that too, that she's like, Hey, can we do, can we do this? Can we do that? And I love that. She's like, Ooh, can we talk about mutants? And yeah. she like, thumbs, up, thumbs up the uh, thing. Now the big, the other big thing that people talk about from this scene is the, the moment where she's like, oh, uh, should I transform back in She-Hulk? Or do we have budget for that? Or like, should we wait till I'm off camera and just do it that way? Um, and and that was a beautiful jab at the at the people giving Marvel a hard time about the whole, the whole uh, visual effects thing which is like oh we have them all working on uh another project and you hear like the wakanda the wakanda drums mm -hmm. i'm like uh i was i was like brilliant brilliant because everyone talks about like oh why do the be the the visual effects look you know bland and all this stuff um i actually watched a good youtube video about marvel's visual effects and how they've gone down over the years is because of the scale of the, the projects have gotten much bigger so they tend to you know especially if you look at like uh uh some of the later like the the last the end of the last phase it kind of felt like the visual effects weren't as strong because they were done in more duller gray tones so to make it a faster visual effects process and mm -hmm. i thought that was really interesting to me but i also thought that i i love that marvel called it out and said like essentially like you know we have all these projects and we're we're creating all these experiences but I still think She-Hulk, in terms of visual effects experience, really stood out. Like it, it really did a good job. Yeah, I've always had a bad eye for spotting bad effects. Uh, like an effect has to be real bad before I notice, because I'm just too caught up in the, the story to care. Um, right. But the fact that they acknowledge that their effects are lower on this than they are on other things is so like. Obviously, these shows take a long time to make. 
right? They did not make this episode last week. These shows have been cooking for months and months and months, more than a year. So I find it like astonishingly cool how these writers managed to predict week after week what the masses were going to complain about. Yeah. And work that into the following scripts as if these episodes are being made with the speed of something like South Park. Like South Park reacts to things so fast because those Trey Parker and Matt Stone chug like 20 Red Bulls and then they put together an episode within the span of 48 hours. And that's why like a week after Russia invades Ukraine, you have Cartman and Kyle talking about Russia invading Ukraine. But normal shows don't work that way. So the fact that She-Hulk has taken those very recent jabs and countered them and said, no, 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 here's what I have to say about that. And it's so prescient that I'm like, these writers are, they're, they're tapping into some fortune telling Agatha all along mystic shit. Cause I don't know how they know what's coming. The, yeah. the amount, they must have studied the reactions of every other Marvel show and charted it out on like, they must have had one whiteboard for the plot and one whiteboard for what happens online after each episode of each show and worked the two together to form the skeleton that is She-Hulk Attorney of Law because otherwise, I don't know how they kept on top of it the way they did. Oh, yeah, no, I, I don't know, man. You're absolutely right, too. Because you have to understand, too, like, you're right. They had to predict. They had They had to predict that outcome. They had to, they had, this was all set up. This isn't reaction. This was all set up and it was so wonderfully done. Uh, and, and, uh, and again, talking about changing the narrative, I love that she's like, oh, I would love to see, you know, love to see Matt again. And like, you know, like, and this person needs to be responsible for their actions and accountability. And then we get the classic shot of her going up the stairs and they're like, hey, you know, you're back. And like, are you, are you a lawyer or are you a superhero? And then like, it's actually the, that shot is, is not in talking about setups. That shot is set up from the comics where she's on the staircase looking back and she's wearing that suit. Uh-huh. And it's so, it's so beautiful. It's so, and, and then we get this cheesy scene with her family sitting at the <laughs> picnic. Oh my God. And that was that was crazy, but then then we get the big drop, the the big drop. Okay, let's talk about Hulk's son. Yes, this is a weird looking kid. <laughs> yeah, and I, don't mean uh, that I mean he still looks he still looks like a Hulk, you know. He still looks like a Hulk, and I don't mean that as a shot at the CGI. Like it's not has nothing to do with the CGI. He's just a weird he he has more of a receding hairline than I do, and he's supposedly very young. Um, I don't know what is his name. Scar, S K A A R. It's like Sakar, yeah. It's like it's like Scar, but it's 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 spelled in a weird way. Because Sakar is the planet. Yes. That he's from. So, and then he's named Scar. Wow, they really could have made that. <laughs> they really could have simplified that some way. It's like George yeah. R. R. Martin is writing all of a sudden, and everybody's names sound the same. Um, so Scar, um, I'm assuming he talks normally. All right. Um, yep. Do we know who his mom is? 
Uh, in the comics, we do. Uh, I I don't know if we're gonna see her in the in this thing. So essentially, during uh, World War Hulk, when he was on a different planet, he hooked up with one of the aliens, and then thus Hulk mm. baby. So so it's a pretty big deal, um, and it's it's a pretty big deal because. We have now essentially completed the Young Avengers lineup. Yes, we have. We have. He's finally, he's the last piece of the puzzle. Uh, and he was such like a weird outlier. So I, I kind of always thought, I don't know about you, but I kind of always thought like, hey, if we get him, we get him. But I don't think they're in a hurry to get to him. You know? Yeah. Um, I will say this though. I have a theory about his mom. And this is based solely off the way they chose to portray his hair. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, because he had weird hair. I think Hulk got it on with Topaz. <laughs> I think that would actually be a fun a fun way to do it, but it's I don't it's not her. I know that well in the comics anyway. In the comics it's it's probably almost definitely not her, but yeah. I, I'm just saying that uh, Topaz's hair was pulled up in a pretty tight bun and it looked quite a bit like that. So <laughs> and we know no, Jeff Goldblum's character was famous for his orgies. So who knows what happened on that ship? Who knows? I mean, he was Hulk for a long time, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's Scar. It's S-K-A-A-R. Um, and I want to see... I'm actually going to quickly check for us to see... Who uh, who the parentage is here? Uh, parents is Korea. Korea. That's not uh, the collector's maid, right? She was. I I, I I was starting to think that myself uh, here. Karina. Uh, I think she's Karina. Yeah, Katarina. Uh, do, 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 do. yeah. Uh, there's a small picture over here, but you can't really, there we go. Uh, I don't know how to get rid of this guy. Nope. Close. Nope. I think it's a safe bet that it won't be her. Yeah. Uh, for some reason my, there's like an ad I can't get rid of, but this is what she looks like. Let's see. I'll describe her for the people listening. She looks like, uh, a, like pinhead from Hellraiser, but without the pins. She's bald. She's kind of very buxom. She's like the board queen, but with no wires. I think that's yeah. Like She's just a hairless, and... beautiful, hairless woman. Yep, exactly. Uh. Well, she does have hair. It's it's like I can't. I, I gotta show you again. This oh. black arrow here—that's like her ponytail. Oh, I thought it was a tattoo. Like I thought she had some airbender action going on there. But that's a ponytail. Kind of. Okay. It's a really. It's a really thin ponytail. All right. But yes. So that's that's the mom. Um, do, do, do. Born uh, born to the shadow people of Sakar, she was one of the uh, one of the few members of a race uh, with the old power, the power to control the earth. When she was thirteen years old, her old village was attacked by spikes. Using her old power and fighting skills, she fought the uh, fought the infected of her village, and she was saved by the Red King. Uh, the Red King being the uh, the king of the World War Hulk at the time, and then yeah, huh. and Hulk uh, Hulk uh, destroys that world very easily. Oh, poor world. Yeah, um, but I know. But the, yeah, uh, big big drop though. 
very big drop. He's like, now it's like, there's, you know, there's so much non-epic stuff that I want to see. Like I want to see Hulk and Thor go on some play dates, you know? Scar and yeah. Love, get Scar and Love on some play dates. I don't know how old Scar is supposed to be. Um, Ragnarok was what? Um, what year was that? 2017. Ragnarok was 2017. Right. If we if we account if we generously account for the the snap and the gap, which is a really cool rhyme that I don't know why we haven't thought of till now. <laughs> he's at most ten years old. Could be, could be. So older. they could really have fun playing with the idea of what happens when you take Bart Simpson's brain and maturity and put it in the body of a Hulk, because that's gonna get messy, and I am there for it. Absolutely. The other interesting thing too, so from the timeline that we know from the events of Age of Ultron, uh, he uh, he flew to Sakaar. We don't know how long it took him to get to Sakaar, uh, but um, but that was apparently four years, I believe. Four years between, right? Isn't that what you're saying? Four years. When he well, I'm going off when Ragnarok came out. Yeah, which is oh, you're going off based on the movie release. Yeah, because the releases were always up until Endgame, when when the the jump happens, the the movies always took place in whatever year they happened to come out in. So oh, okay, uh, I'm going based off of that. That Ragnarok would have taken place in 2017, and if Ultron came out in 15, that gives him two years to get to Sakaar sire this child and then split and then 1819 or rather just 18 because the beginning of endgame takes place in 2018 so you have a five-year gap so he's six years old maybe maybe closer to eight because time has passed I don't know. That's that's that's. I don't know if I buy that. I'm sure they're going to tell us a little bit. They're going to give us more details about it. But as She-Hulk said, it's not important because it's her story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't need to do all this math for Scar, at least not yeah. yet. But since this but is She-Hulk's story, sorry. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. I know, but then I was gonna. I was gonna get into something. But you finish your thought first, then I'll get into mine. Well, I was just gonna ask you since this is She-Hulk's story. I want you. I want to ask you what. Uh, what is the future? What does it have in store for She-Hulk, um, both in terms of a possible season two and in terms of movie appearances, which I don't believe, Kevin, she's getting some. I think she's getting movie appearances for yeah. sure. I, I, I think she proved I think she proved how well she can play with others. And I think that, that to Marvel, that's a big deal. Um, yes. So we're going to definitely see more of that. Um, I, I think we're very likely to see more of her because she's she's led a lot of teams uh, in the past as well. Mm-hmm. I I, huh. I think that where we might see her again is definitely obviously in Daredevil. I think we'll see her make an appearance in Daredevil. Yeah, hands down. I think we might get her appearance in uh, in Fantastic Four. That would be cool. If that she's movie been a is member, a... she's been a member, so she's a member oh. of Fantastic Four. 
that movie's as fun and colorful as you and I both hope it is. She'll fit right in. Um, but that's like, speaking of fitting in, that's another thing. How do you put She-Hulk like next to anybody? Like, let's say you put her in the Daredevil show and then you put her, uh, she has a cameo in like, uh, I don't know, Black Panther 3. or I don't know, I'm just spitballing. What, how do you put her, now that she has broken through your screen and talked to Kevin, how do you put her next to these characters? Like from their point of view, do they just see her talking to herself? Like what do these other characters see when she's breaking the fourth wall? It's kind of interesting. They, what they do is, and you kind of see examples of this earlier where she's like in the first episode, she excuses herself and she goes back in the office and then explains her story. Right. Right. And throughout the show, I think what generally happens is no one sees her do it or sorry, everyone sees her do it, but they don't, they don't question what it is. And it's just kind of ignored. Like she's like, like, for example, like she'll like, let me tie my shoe for a second. She goes to tie her shoe and then she tells you a story breaking the fourth wall. But to the character, she's just tying her shoe and, you know, that's it. Yeah. And so it's like, what would happen if she shows up on Daredevil and she breaks the wall to, to talk to the audience about something? Like, does, is Daredevil going to continue um, ignoring that? Like, it's a really interesting thing it's, a, it's an do. interesting mechanic yeah right? like, like do they go the route of i think it'd be cool if they went the route of something like fleabag where on fleabag the main character kept breaking the fourth wall uh and just like with this show everybody ignored her uh and then she met a guy that she was interested in and every time she broke the fourth wall he saw it happen uh, and he's like who are you talking to and he's like getting like freaked out but he's also amused by her and she's like wait you heard me and it, it turned into this like fun little side joke um i think it'd be fun if they played with that somehow obviously she's got to interact with deadpool like they are made well i was i was gonna say because when deadpool does it you know uh and negasonic teenage warheads like who are you talking to he's like i'm not talking to you i'm talking to them Uh you know or yeah like that kind of thing so yeah it would be fun to see deadpool and she all kind of try to like break the fourth wall together that would be that would definitely be a lot of fun that would be very fun. Insane. That would that could be a whole show, a whole movie. It's just them running. <laughs> imagine the, imagine those two on a road trip. Imagine those yeah. two on a Dumb and Dumber style road trip across America, just in a van, trying to get from like the West Coast to the East Coast. Oh my God! Mm. It writes itself. Absolutely, yeah. No, so it does write itself. I I actually do hope to see her in Deadpool. I think Deadpool is going to be a crazy movie. Like the third one is just gonna be nuts. Like I think they're because it's it's got the freedom now to really just like deep dive into all like the comic book stuff. Yeah, I think it's it's just like imagine touring Mar touring Marvel and Deadpool is your tour guide. That's what you're gonna get. Yeah, that's that's a beautiful way to put it. Um, so if you had to, if I if, if the writers room gives you a piece of paper, Ryan. And they say, write down three names, characters you get to see in a She-Hulk season three, season two, a hypothetical season two. Um, they have to be characters that, let's say, by the end of 2022, characters we will have 
already met. So like Ironheart will count. Uh, but you can't be like, the thing. Um, who are you putting in there? Why couldn't I use the thing? <laughs> was he, he was your first guest, wasn't he? He was, absolutely. Those two characters get along really well. Or even uh, Johnny Storm. Like I would love Johnny Storm and She-Hulk to, to, to kind of cross paths. That is true. Because um, uh, there's some nice dialogue moments there that they've had in the past. Um, and I'd love to see Dr. Doom. I mean, <laughs> oh, right. uh, him and She-Hulk have had a few run-ins that is a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, if it's characters that are coming, I would love to see she actually, I would love to see She-Hulk and Captain Marvel play together because mm. I think She-Hulk could really enhance Captain Marvel just because of like, the talking about the one-upping each other in the ensembling. Like, I think, I think Tatiana can really help Brie Larson really find, really find a way to make Captain Marvel stand out a bit more because of the, because of the dialogue and the, 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 uh, the ensemble they would have to, to to be together. I think it would really help her character. That's a wicked choice, man. Like you said, she, she never makes her co-star, whoever it is, feel like the boring straight person. So yeah, like and- like even with um, even like I I personally think even the Guardians could have really helped Captain Marvel out a little bit and just kind of yeah. kind of shake up the character a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, she uh, she only Captain Marvel. I like that. Who else? You get two more. So She-Hulk, Captain Marvel. Uh, um, I would love to see She-Hulk and Man-Thing. I think that would be Ooh, fun. fun I journey. like that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because just the just of how absurd the character is, but the character doesn't talk. So that would right. make for a fun kind of buddy cop story and they're both oh oh man i a perfect third one that to end on she hulk and thor i think chris i think chris hemsworth is at a point now where where thor is a really fun character to now really mix around with i mean we saw it in in, an infinity war and end game and we saw with ragnarok and even love and thunder like it was just such a joy to watch Thor interact and the humor he brings. I would love, love, love to see uh, her, uh, her and Thor to kind of have a journey together. Even if it's like, you know what? If it was a three way, three way grudge match between um, uh, She Hulk, Thor, and Hercules, I think that would be really fun. I thought you were literally going to say a three way between her, Thor, and Matt Murdock. That's a different. He loves having. Time. Oh yeah, she does. God bless her. She loves having a good time. Uh, and I'll tell you what, I'll give you one that we haven't seen yet. One that we haven't seen. One character we haven't seen yet that you can throw into the mix. Spider Woman. Beautiful. Jessica yes. Drew. I like it. I like it a lot. That's great. Um, okay, who would I go with? I think she she needs to be adapted by the way, Spider-Woman. She, she does. I want to see both. I want to see the red and yellow Jessica Drew, and I want to see the black and white Julia Carpenter 
on a boat. Um, who, who do I want? Okay, I think I want, I definitely want a big, like a, make it like a special, like you made Werewolf by Night, but like a big hour long special where it's She-Hulk, Shang-Chi and Miss Marvel. Three top tier Canadian actors going on an adventure, actually going to Canada and fighting <laughs> fighting Alpha Flight or something. That's what I want. That, that would that be special. fun. The special's called Marvel A. The MCU A. Um, so I'll pick Shang-Chi and Miss Marvel because I want that thing to happen. Um, for a third one, I want her to interact with because there's she could play well with so many people. That's what's great. Um, I think I'm going to be selfish and say Spider-Man just because I want to see him again. And of course, I, yeah. man. Tom, I, I don't think anyone will ever get over Tom Holland. No. This way. I want to see him again. I think they could have a lot of fun together. Um, I like, I, I love Spider-Man's reaction when he meets Captain Marvel and he's all like stunned, like he doesn't know how to talk to her. So I, I, Love the idea of seeing a whole adventure where it's just that. Um, so those are my three. In terms of one person that we haven't seen that I want her to interact with, I got to go with Juggernaut. I have to go okay. with Juggernaut. I just okay. need I need my big red and brown Juggernaut man to show up and uh, look like he does in the cartoon. They got real close with Deadpool 2. Just color swap and you're there. And I need her to fight him. That's what I want. It would, it would be fun. It would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he's the kind of character that they can have some fun with. Like, they can make him a real douchebag, too. And uh, she can just take him apart because the season has shown us she's good at that. Mm -hmm. um, so now I think it's time for us to rate the show, right? Yes, indeed. Normally, we go to our Marvel Cemetery. Uh, but I don't think anybody died. No, nope. nobody died. Nobody died, except uh, intelligentsia's credibility. Hey, -o. yeah, <laughs> hey, -o. Um, all right. On a scale of zero Infinity Stones to a full-on gauntlet, what are you giving She-Hulk, Attorney at Law? Do you want me to tell you what you gave the other shows if that helps you out? Because this is hard. Uh, no, I'm going to just ponder for a second. Um, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it six stones. I'm going to give it six. Not going the full gauntlet because <laughs> I think this show almost was flawless. Um, and I mean, characters were memorable. The comedy was there. I still think there was a little something that could have been added to just really make it pop. Like something, something was missing and I still, I, it left me wanting more, which isn't a bad thing, but yeah, I think they, I think there's a little something missing there. I think I agree with you. And I think that's something is, um, for me, I think it's a big emotional plot moment. Uh, mm -hmm. That's the same way that I felt about Ragnarok and Love and Thunder was I know Marvel knows how to make something fun, but don't forget to get us emotionally invested. And like 
luckily Jennifer was such a great character that we couldn't help but be invested in her. Uh, and I don't think they failed at making us invested in her, but I think yeah. a moment in the finale that quieted down just a minute to give her that victory, the same way we quieted down in the premiere to have her tell Bruce that she knows what it's like to control her anger, to have a moment like that on the flip side where it's more victorious and like less sad, um, but not in a funny victorious way and just in a quiet victorious way, like I did this, I want I changed my own narrative. I think that would have benefited the show more. So I'm going to go with 6.5 stones. Um, You're going to one up me there. With the I'm there. Five. Yeah, I'm there with you. I had a lot of fun. Um, and I, I think there's very little to improve here. There is always something to improve in pretty much everything. Uh, but this had like everything I wanted. It was the one I had the most hype for and the one I had to wait the longest for in terms of Disney Plus shows. So that can usually spell, you know, disaster because it's overhyped and you waited so long. But it it didn't disappoint. Like there was never a moment where I'm like, I waited five years for this. This was the one I was excited. Never. That never happened. So yeah. it's it's there. And I, I think it's safe to say I think it's my favorite Disney Plus show. Maybe. No, maybe no, one one division, one division still has that. One division still has that mm-hmm. distinction. But, uh, I could I I actually might agree that it's it's my favorite. Yeah. I don't know. I, I have to I have to marinate on that though before I just instantly say it was my favorite. Yeah. I, I'm trying to I, I'm trying to look at all the projects here because like the reason why Loki really stands out to me because Loki had a solid story and Loki had some really solid moments, but Loki had a big surprise that really, really stuck with me. Yes. And that was the beauty, the beautiful, uh, the, the beautiful uh, Kang reveal. Yeah. And that whole finale in general. That's hard it, to beat. It is hard to beat. And hopefully they start making tracks on that soon. Loki season two still doesn't have a release date. Uh, in fact, no series upcoming has a release date. Um, everything is just 2023 with sort of a question mark at the back of it. So we don't know when we're getting our next show. True. I, I don't yeah. even know what is next. Is it Ironheart? No. What, what's next? Uh, good question. Yeah, I don't know what's next. Let's look, let me look this up here because I feel like because there's no concrete date, there's nothing has been pushed to the forefront of any kind of schedule. Uh, but mm. something must be coming up. All right, I'm almost there. I'm almost there. Where are you, Marvel Studios? Okay. Is it Echo? It's not Echo. Oh, um, early 2023. That's all it says. Early 2023 is What If Season 2 and oh. also Secret Invasion. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. Echo and Loki are mid-2023. Ironheart and Agatha are late. Oh, yes. Agatha, too. Hmm, That's going to be interesting. It was her all along. It was her all along. Um, But the good news is you don't have to wait too long to hear our sultry voices again. Uh, Nope. Because Wakanda Forever comes out when? Remind me, is it the 12th of November? Uh, 11th. 11th. 
And oh, no, sorry. It's, sorry, 10th, 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 10th. We are seeing it on the 10th. Um, so we will, we will have that for you. Uh, that's in four weeks' time. And in two weeks' time, we have a Halloween episode for you. We're going to talk about Werewolf by Night. Uh, I know we'd be late to the party, but uh, it's a perfect thing to talk about around Halloween time. Uh, so I can't wait to talk about that. That's going to happen on the 27th. Thursday, the 27th of October, we'll be dropping the Werewolf by Night episode live. A big Halloween special. Do you remember what we did for Halloween special last year? Uh, no, I don't. It was something about villains. It might even have been the thing we were talking about where I brought up Mojo. Because I remember that yes. night you, you brought up Dracula, wanting to see Dracula. I think we were we talking talked, about villains. We talked about our favorite, yeah, we talked about our favorite villains that we want to see in the MCU. That's what it was. Yeah. Uh, I talked so, about Sinister. Uh-huh. Yeah. Sinister was there. I remember you bringing up Dracula, and that was before Werewolf by Night was even a whisper. Yeah. Um, so uh, I think you're on the right track there, my friend. I think we're going to see him. Uh, Ryan, where can the good people find you until then? Uh, as always, you can find me on twitch.tv forward slash Xbox Canada. Finally got my streaming schedule back on. There, so you can find me on Tuesdays and Thursdays from 2 to 4. Or, sorry, 12.30 to 2.30. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Andrew Fantasia and on the Andrew Fantasia YouTube channel. You can also find me uh, moving to Los Angeles so I can be represented by (laughs) Jennifer Walters uh, because I need a good lawyer, especially after what I have planned. Um, And also, you can find me very shortly... um, doing stuff that involves selling books, Ryan, because I am inching closer to some more self-published uh, books. Ooh, that yeah. uh, I'm very excited. I finally finished all the, the editing on the fantasy ones. Uh, there's two of them that I'm going to try to put out at once. So I've started formatting work on those today. Uh, that takes a while because it's a lot of math, and this guy's not good at math. But uh, yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm very I'm very excited for that to happen. We'll be, I'll, I'll update everybody constantly about that. You won't get me to shut up about those books by the time all said and done. Uh, but in the meantime, that has been She-Hulk. Any last thoughts about this show, Ryan? Uh, you know, Young Avengers have been set up. And uh, and you know what? Like I said, like I love this show so much. I, 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 I can't wait to sit down and watch the whole thing again just because it was such a fun show. Um, but one thing's for sure, you know, you look at Robert Downey and you're just like, that's Iron Man. You look at Chris Evans, it's Captain America. You look at Tatiana Mislani, that's She-Hulk. You are not going to get any better than that. And that is your definitive She-Hulk. Like, she has now cemented herself amongst these be- these incredible characters that have been now beautifully adapted to to the screen. So, super happy about that. That's her. Sorry, Gina Carano. You got close, but no cigar. Yeah. Um, I don't know what I have to say other than the fact that I just want to reiterate how amazing it is that this show did not disappoint me after three years of buildup. Uh, and it remained my most anticipated show, and it's right up there with the greats. It's right up there, very close to WandaVision and Hawkeye for me. So I am please this punch of how it turned out and i can't wait to see you again jennifer walters wherever and whatever that may be um but until then everybody you me jen even titania why not have a marvelous day <laughs>